And so it's so much better to have things in writing and also to not make assumptions that people would know something that you would think would be common sense. And that has been really important. And I just feel like our whole work culture has shifted. And I will even share that one of my main employees who's been with me over 10 years, she reached a point where I think she really was not happy. And that was coming from the fact that I was not holding people accountable because I didn't have all the systems and the policies and the procedures. Welcome to the 7 Figure Freedom Podcast, where ambitious CEOs turn to transition from being the doer of the business to being the leader of the empire. I am Madeline Weick-Silva. I'll share my real-life struggles and breakthroughs as I've scaled my businesses and grown a team that run the day-to-day without me, so that now I run my seven-figure business on three-day work weeks. Join our community of visionary entrepreneurs and transformational leaders as we create lasting impact, financial freedom, and an awesome, rewarding life with a powerhouse team by your side. Hello, hello, visionaries. So today I am super excited to be interviewing one of my long-term clients, Dr. Rhonda Sharman. She's a chiropractor and just an amazing person. She went to Palmer College of Chiropractic West, very close to where I lived for a long, long time. Like I lived in apartment buildings. I think the college was right behind the building. I'm not even kidding you. I didn't even know that. And She has a bachelor's of science in biochemistry from Virginia Tech and has been practicing for over 16 years as a chiropractor and 20, 26. Okay. You need to update your website. So it's 26, which is like a big difference. (laughs) And Dr. Sharman is really involved in her professional organization and the leader of her profession and just a community leader in her community and works with a lot of people from Washington, D.C. that comes close to her practice and creates some really amazing change and transformation in people's health and lives. And I'm just super excited to be sitting down with you because I've been thinking a lot about when you first arrived and we first connected. And we were just chatting, you know, when you first came, it was right in 2020 as the madness. We were in the middle of the lockdown, I believe. And you were having a smaller team because people were on leave and dealing with their personal stuff. And it was definitely intense. And we navigated through that. And I remember, too, that you had some on top of being a brick and mortar, actually touching people all day long as a chiropractor in the middle of the lockdown making your business survive during that time and also dealing with a lot of financial stress. I know at the time your profit margin was very slim because you had some challenges in the past that resulted when accounting firm that just didn't do the job and you ended up with some tax debt that was heavy on you. And you were just moving forward and you had an associate doctor that wasn't the greatest fit for your practice and your vision and your mission. And in the midst of all of that was the pandemic and the lockdown and on all of the things. And I think that's the moment when we first connected and you stepped in and we started working together. So just curious, like what else was going on during that time when you think back about it now? Yes, I remember so well, because actually I remember seeing some kind of content on Facebook from your business talking about taking a deep dive into the profitability of the practice. 
And it just sparked my interest because I really thought in my head at that time, I thought it's in the pandemic and I'm going to have lots of extra time. This would be a good time for me to take a deep dive. And when we first spoke, I remember we spoke for hours for you just to get all the information to see what you could enlighten me on and to see if you could help me at all. And I just remember that my percentage of my payroll was very large compared to most businesses in terms of my payroll and percent of collections. So that was like a real eye opener. And then at the same time, I was dealing with caring for my mom. She had Alzheimer's or she has it, still does. And at that time I had no caregiver. I was running my business, caregiving, and I took an opposite approach of the pandemic. I opened as much as I could instead of reducing hours. So I had the skeleton staff. I allowed my staff who wanted to go on unemployment. So I laid them off at their request. So I had a couple of staff. I was seeing patients all the time and I was just depleted. And you were a wise, steady, stable voice of reason that I just thought, wow, maybe I need to work with this person. I think that maybe she can create some peace in my life. And I just will say something else. You used words like spaciousness. And in the chaos of my life at that time, words like ease, spaciousness, expansion, not like expansion, like my business, but just being able to like expand and breathe. Oh my gosh, that really attracted me to whatever you were going to tell me. (laughs) I find that your journey is super inspiring, which is why I wanted to have you here on a podcast, because in business, we want quick fixes. We want the results now. And I find a lot of times people set out on a journey of the inspiration of what they want to create and their vision. But then along the way, things doesn't quite pan out the way they had hoped. It's not moving as fast as they wanted to. They're not seeing results and they get discouraged and they quit. And I oftentimes have this analogy in my head. It's like building a business or growing a business and also getting out from a bind you were in. It's a little bit like pushing a boulder up the hill. And you're pushing that boulder and it's heavy and it's hard and you're working hard to get the boulder up the hill. And I find a lot of people quit right as the boulder's about to crease the top of the hill and start rolling downhill. And then when you quit, then the whole boulder roll all the way back. And now you're pushing another boulder up. You decide you're going to try something different and you're still pushing the boulder uphill. And then you quit because you're not seeing results, the boulder up. And I see people doing this over and over again. And what I find so inspiring about your journey is that you stuck with it together now for three years and you stuck with it. Yes, it's amazing. And it feels like in the very beginning, I kept telling you, you're being so patient with me. Thank you. And you were telling me you're doing great. But for me, I couldn't confront. You could see the big picture, but I couldn't confront all the steps that would need to happen to get there you were able to just give me the pieces you knew I could digest. And then what happens is you start seeing it and it's like time speeds up because it just starts happening. And then as it's happening, it gets easier and you can accomplish so much more, so much faster. It really just started with you helping me to see how I could have better systems and policies to help my workflow and optimize the support that I did have 
as well as delegate things out and get them off my plate. So that was like the first thing. And in that process, talking about writing up the SOPs and I remember in the beginning, I was like, that sounds like a great idea, but I just can't see that. We're not going to be able to write up all these SOPs. And then here they are in a library and anybody can click on anything to see how to do it. It's amazing. Yeah. And I remember too, like way back when the reality was that you didn't have the time working six, eight weeks in a practice and taking care of patients, managing a team. You have a fairly large team. You literally did not have any time. There was no capacity left. This wasn't a scenario of, oh, if I move a few things around or I need to be just more disciplined. It was none of that, which I also think is a myth. I think a lot of times CEOs and business owners, we found ourselves in a situation where we literally do not have the time. But we try to then... We feel bad. We judge ourselves. We're not good enough. We're not doing it right and try to still get stuff done. And I feel like what you did, I actually think the very first thing that you did was hiring somebody to help you with your mom. Yes. And you helped me so much with that because in the beginning, this is very common with the elderly population is they don't think they need any help. Mm-hmm. And my mom just kept saying, I don't need it. I don't need help. And then finally, one day she said, you need help. And I think I was talking to you about that. And you were like, exactly. Just couch it that way. Say that. And then I did. I was like, mom, I need help. I can't handle all this. And I remember I was getting up at six in the morning. I was doing the delivery meals, like Hello Fresh, Home Chef, that kind of thing. And I would get up at six in the morning and make food. And then I treat the patients all day. And I mean, managing my team I'd be lucky if I had a few minutes for that. So once I took it that way and presented it to my mom, like I need help, she was agreeable. And then it started out just a little bit of help. And I kept worrying about how many days a week and how much of my mom's money are we spending? Or I'd really like to take a vacation, but my sister runs, she's the CEO of a business and could she be available to help? And she's got her own business to worry about. You were finally like, you just need to organize this like a business. You just get the help you need, pay the help you need and free up your time to do what you need to do. And like, once I flipped that mindset and got things stabilized at home, wow, my capacity to really look at and entertain the issues and problems and challenges in my business was changed. And then we were able to really get working. Yeah. And I think it's so important to look at that because sometimes we just don't have the bandwidth. That's the actual reality we're up against. And to be honest with that and really looking at, okay, what is possible within the sphere of things? And we talked a little bit about the SOPs, which I love. I'm a huge proponent of systems and SOPs and breaking things down and making it easier to train and create that sustainability in the business. And I think early on, like you said, you were super bought in to the idea. You you got it. You understood why it was important, but there's no way. Will that ever happen? And so how did it happen? It's really interesting. Kind of two things were happening in parallel. One, I kept coming to you with problems and drama and people either not following our policies or disrespecting 
the way that I want things done or the way that they were even treating me or each other. And you really helped me to sit down and write either a policy or an SOP. And you kept saying, you don't manage people, you manage agreements. And I would get, we would do that and then it would go over so well and it would fix the problem. And I was still like house on fire kind of situation. And so I kept bringing like the most disruptive issues, I guess, that were happening. And we would just write an SOP or a policy, depending. And it really helped. And then you started having me assign SOPs to different team members to write up. And then, of course, now you have a team that pretty much write the SOPs and organize them for us. That's what I'm saying. Like it, it starts happening and then it starts speeding up and multiplying and happening faster and more and more. And it's incredible. Yeah. And I know, I remember the very first time you came to me and you were like ecstatic. There was this moment that happened where one of your team members, you had delegated a task to one of your team members and so many times before, right? You've delegated many tasks to your team members, obviously, as CEOs, that's what we do. But this time was completely different because now your team member jumped on into the SOP library, pulled out the, pulled out the SOP and figured out how to do the task that you delegated into, which without the SOP would have never happened. Yes. And another thing that would happen is the few times I would be able to go out of town Sometimes things didn't get done when I was out of town. And that was a biggie that I came back and we addressed that. And the best policy was when we did the vacation leave policy, how to request in the process, but also in that we put, if you have to miss work for an emergency and what constitutes an emergency and how to communicate about it, that one has been life-changing for the practice just because I take responsibility for this, but I have been very lenient and generous. Um, We have a large team for a chiropractic office, but still it's a small team in the busyness of the day. And so if you're down one or two people, it can really disrupt the flow of patients. And so, you know, I'm the type of person that if you tell me, I don't know, it could be something that's really not an emergency, but I, I feel bad for you. And so my empathy for the person would override everything else. And then the whole team is suffering throughout the day. So cleaning that up was, that was so great. And that's another thing that you really helped me with is that I had tolerated, I guess you could say people taking advantage of my generosity, but then you could also say I needed to grow as a leader and be firm with my boundaries. But that you really, really helped me clean that up and also recognize that As I'm changing as a leader and our systems and our ways of doing things are changing, there are going to be some people in the group that can't be rehabilitated, basically. They're stuck in the old way and and we don't even need to blame anybody. It's just not that dynamic. It's not going to get fixed. And I did get rid of some people along the way and it was very scary for me. But now I look back and I see, oh my goodness, that absolutely needed to happen. Yeah. And the people that you were able to replace them with. Oh my gosh. Yes. I feel so good about my team right now. So that's another thing is the whole hiring funnel. So for your team to implement the strengths finder, and I find that fascinating that you can use that to see not only like what someone's strengths are, but where they will be like finding joy in their work. 
that has been huge for me. That's mm-hmm. been amazing to figure out and watch. And I just can't imagine hiring anybody without doing that now because it's fascinating. So not only have I gotten some amazing new people in, but also shifting some of the responsibilities around within my staff. And by doing that, creating a happier workplace for everybody. Right. Really looking at the strengths finder. So the strengths finder, for those of you who are listening, it's a fantasy system. It's a personality system, right? Or basically personal characteristic system called strengths finder 2.0 is made of Gallup. We utilize it for all of our clients and all of our teams that we work with, but also when we hire people and we utilize it to really identify where are the gaps on a team. A lot of times as a CEO, we tend to hire people that we like or they are like us. And reality is on a team, we need a lot of diversity. We need people with a lot of different strengths for it to be dynamic. And for people to be able to actually compliment you as a CEO and be able to fill in where you have your weaknesses and also for them to be happy. And so we really look at those pieces a lot of times because as a business grows and more and more stuff needs to get done, oftentimes those tasks are just thrown on to different team members that we think are capable enough to do it. And over time, it gets a little clunky and People are outside of their zone of genius and they're doing things that's really outside of their strengths and they get a little grumpy and things don't get done quite right. And so we clean some of that up in the beginning, which I think is exactly what you're referring to. And it makes a really big difference for the team members because when you have team members working in their strengths, they are excited to come to work. They are motivated to get their work done. They feel confident and capable And they leave the day feeling good about the work they've done when they were there. And so it totally shifted the attitude. And I think people are better at meeting deadlines, like the productivity goes up. There's a big difference. So maybe what are some of the changes that you have noticed with your team members cleaning those pieces up? As I said, a happier workplace. Definitely, I see that they're actually enjoying our SOP library now. Instead of thinking, oh, I've got to write this procedure up, they now see the value in it and they go whenever they need to figure something out or maybe it's a task they don't do very often and they need to refresh on how to do it. So I love that they use it and they see the value in it. There's definitely a lot more respect for the policies and procedures and an understanding that like it makes the workplace better. When we don't have that structure, it creates more drama and problems. So there's definitely more respect for that. I feel that my team respects me more. Also, we met our monthly and quarterly goal so far this year. Every met for the first quarter of the goal. And I was able to reward everybody. People were very excited about that. And then this is a huge one. I haven't even had a chance to tell you this yet. But yesterday, you do know that I onboarded my new chiropractic assistant. But What you don't know is she was so impressed with the onboarding system, which you and your team created in working with me, we created it together, but mainly I followed your lead on that, but we had everything in there, the mission, the values, getting to know the company. And then we have the employee handbook digitized and they could read that. And we had their whole week of training so she could look and see like, day one, I'm going to learn this, day two, day three. Oh, and then we had her path of her first year, like goals or targets to hit, 
once she could learn and be actively doing this properly, she could get this much of a raise. And I don't do that for every employee, but for this particular employee, they had a goal set of their hourly wage, which is not what I traditionally start people at. But we were able to bring her on and create this path that made sense to me. I would be happy to pay somebody if they hit these goals. And she was just amazed. I wouldn't have thought she would have reacted this way, but the old me might've been a little bit like, oh, she might be, wow, this is all in writing and this is too much. But no, she was like, she loved that everything was written up and that I had a, we both signed the agreement of what our expectations are. And that's another thing I've learned is that people don't mind being held accountable. Like they actually like it because they know what they're working with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's clear expectations. There's not this vagueness. I think a lot of times we think com- people have common sense. They think the way we do, they should behave the way we think they should. A lot of should. Um, yeah. And the reality is that common sense is just not that common. And most people don't think like us. And so what happens when team members come in and we don't really set clear expectations is that they will, of course, behave differently than the way we want because we haven't told them what we expect and what we want from them. And then we have to correct them. We have to tell them you're not doing it right. And now they feel shamed and blamed for something Mm -hmm. that they didn't know wasn't acceptable. And that's another thing I learned from you. So right now you can get my super simple team assessment process that helps me evaluate my current team, identify if I need to hire somebody else, what kind of training my team members need, who is worth investing in and who needs to be more challenged to grow with a company and really turning those less than motivated team members into productive, valuating, value adding team players. It's an on-demand five-part video series that will walk you through the whole process. It's totally free. And you can find it at hello7figurefreedom.com team-assessment-video-series. We'll make sure to add the link in the show notes and let me know. And so it's so much better to have things in writing and also to not make assumptions that people would know something that you would think would be common sense. And that has been really important. And I just feel like our whole work culture has shifted. And I will even share that one of my main employees who's been with me over 10 years, she reached a point where I think she really was not happy. And that was coming from the fact that I was not holding people accountable because I didn't have all the systems and the policies and the procedures. And I will say that I think that she is now very happy in her job and she's very important to me. She's my office manager. But I think that right before I started working with you, probably she wasn't going to be with me for years in the future, because I think that when you've got somebody who's hardworking and talented and a very productive person, and you're allowing this culture where people are just willy-nilly all over the place, you're not going to be able to retain your talent. And I feel like you really helped me to fix that. And I feel very proud of that. And I think my office manager is super happy now. (laughs) Yes, big shifts. And also keeping the people accountable that actually ended up leaving. So when we raise the bar, it always says, you know, when we raise the bar, it allows people to make a choice. Either Mm -hmm. they got to rise with you 
mm-hmm. or they're going to ship out. They're going to leave. But there's an option there. And I think when that happens, like you said, those who are really top performers, they'll tend to just get demotivated when great people not performing at that level. And so when the bar is raised and then those people leave, it actually re-energizes and re-motivates them to step it up. Exactly. And, And my office manager, she has a lot of integrity. So if she starts to feel demotivated, she's not the type of person who's just then gonna coast by. She's gonna say, I can't be in this state. I need to go somewhere else. And so I'm just so glad that all of that got fixed to create the workspace and the environment where she feels she can succeed and be happy and be part of it. A really great team. And the teamwork is amazing too. Like just yesterday, I was just noticing certain things where it was a really crazy, busy day yesterday and people saying like, oh, I got it. Or I can do that. Or they were just helping each other so much. And it just made me so happy. (laughs) Hi, nothing makes me happier than sitting back and watching the The business run like a well-oiled machine. Like I could just hear the wheels turning everywhere and everybody's doing their part and people are just showing up like that. It makes my heart sing. So I totally get it. Yeah. I know that you work with a lot of different types of businesses. A chiropractic office, it can be like things are happening quickly and patients don't like to wait. It's very important to stay on time. And you just have a lot coming at you very quickly. So it could almost... In a way, you could look at it as a restaurant and the doctor is the chef and you've got all these moving parts that have to happen quickly. And so there's not a lot of time to sit around and talk about how something's going to get done in the moment. All the back end stuff that we do makes it run efficiently. But in the moment, you just got to act fast and keep things moving along while delivering quality care and maintaining a compassionate state of being so that you can be in a state to promote wellness for the patient. So it is maybe a different kind of flow than some of the other types of businesses. So it's just very important for the team to be able to communicate effectively, quickly, and willingly. You don't have time for somebody to have an attitude like, I'm not going to help because I'm irritated about this or that. There's just no room for that. So when those things were happening, it's like extremely disruptive. So it was very nice to just see everybody. It was like, you could liken it to a well-run restaurant where the food's coming out perfectly and the food is served hot. The chef is in his zone and everything's going well. It's awesome. So cool. Yeah. And I also remember, so when we first started working together, like we said, it was in the middle of the pandemic and the lockdowns and all the insanity that we were going through at that time. And I remember we were talking about the SBA loans and should you take them and not take them and the PPP and all of these things. And I was like, hey, listen, somebody's going to have to pay for this party. And it's probably going to be us because we are owning businesses, we got to pay taxes, we have employees, we should take advantage mm-hmm. as much as possible of what is available. And I remember you ended up getting all of it and you got free money. Yeah. So, so the funny thing is, your listeners will probably think I'm crazy, but I didn't want to take the PPP because I had a fear that it was not going to be forgiven, not because I didn't qualify or I was going to do anything wrong. It's just that it was like student loans. I've heard that 
the student loan forgiveness thing where all these people, they all the interest built up and their balance got really high. And then the government didn't forgive the loan because of one little thing that they didn't fill out correctly. And so I had this fear about it. And you just told me to go for it. You helped me just get over my thoughts about down the road. What if it doesn't get forgiven? And I took it and I got two PPP loans. Both have been forgiven. And I got the EIDL. And through that, so I I had this help coming in. And as I said, I had a skeleton crew for a little while because people wanted to be laid off. So my payroll went way down. I had this money. I was able to use it to run my business. But also with the lesson payroll, I had money to pay off a lot of my debt. And I had this tax debt really in the last three years, to be honest, I've probably paid between student loans and tax debt, probably close to $300,000 of debt I've paid off. Yeah, I have some minor debt now here and there. Like I own a business, so I get my Marriott points. So sometimes I let my Marriott credit card go up and then I pay it off. So I've got little debt here and there, but I'm not stressed about debt anymore. That's a whole nother thing. When we started working together, I'm surprised your eyeballs didn't pop out when I told you how much debt I had. (laughs) But yeah, I've seen a thing or two. You definitely not on top. It was high. And I think the biggest thing that was hard in that moment, I'm like, we're talking about, you have this pressure of not having enough time and bandwidth to do the changes that you know you need to make. But it was also the financial stress. Yeah. But there was just not a lot over. You were juggling bills. And when I remember looking at your P&L early on and saying, listen, you got $12,000 a month going out to pay debt. Yeah. That around, like all of a sudden now you have an operation budget. Right. Invest into your business, which will be a completely game changer, which I think was a turning point for you to go all in on the SBA loans and actually going with it. So they would give you. Yes, absolutely. The thing is that if you would just a person would look at my practice and see how busy we are and how many patients we treat and just look at my yearly collections, it looks like, wow. That's a really successful business. And it is, but the numbers were not working for me. And as you said, I had, oh gosh, with the accountants, it's a long story, but I had an accountant and he died of a heart attack. And he was in the middle of doing an offer and compromised. It's a long story, but I did get behind on the taxes. And then the next one didn't do a good job. I have an amazing accountant now, but For five years, everything was a mess. And I had no problem with the idea of paying the taxes off. I owed them, but it was just a huge amount. And so I was having to pay all this money per month towards my debt. And there was just, it's like, how many patients can you see to keep up with this overhead? And so I just needed help with a lot of things, but with a way to maximize the wonderful business that I already had, but to be able to maximize it so that the numbers worked, the debt got paid off, the capacity and the flow was where it needed to be. And yeah, it is amazing to think about how far I've come. That's a huge amount of debt to pay off. Huge. On top of running a business, on top of growing, on top of adding in more team members, on all the things that you've done, it's super impressive. And I that's what I wanted to really talk to you today and share your story. Because like I said, I just find so many people wouldn't stay with it. Three years in, feels like, oh, three years? 
But the change, I mean, you start seeing the relief sooner, obviously, like things that starts happening and there's wins along the way. But now you have two associate doctors potentially maybe adding in another one at the end of the year. The business is booming because you've been in business for 26 years. We kept saying that. It's not like the marketing is an issue. It's just there's no capacity for growth right now. Yeah. And three years flew by and it takes a while to grow and evolve in anything, I think. And the reason I did stick with it is because it just kept getting better and better. I don't mind the work. I don't mind putting the time and the effort in. And I think I work very well with you because I need somebody to just give it to me piece by piece. (laughs) I can see the big picture in a lot of things, but when it comes to like systems and organization, that is not my strength. And so I tend to just fly by the seat of my pants, which can work with some things, but not with others. As we went through the process, things just kept getting better and they're still getting better and better. It's amazing now working with the integrator who is part of your team. And that just, again, makes it feel like things are exponentially happening faster, but it feels good. It doesn't feel like too fast or scary. It just feels really good. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I remember you coming to me and going, oh my God, like I walked into my office and Mel who's on our team, is your integrator. You were like, and Mel, she had communicated with my team over Slack and told them what to do. And they were like all busy on different projects and getting stuff done. And I didn't have to do anything. And you just walked in and. Yeah, it was amazing. I was like, I hadn't even had a chance to mention that to you yet. It was like a new feeling to be like, wow, people are making progress on things. And I didn't have to sit down and spell it out and come back and remind them it was just happening and they were happily, you know, doing it. And it was very exciting. (laughs) Yeah. And so let's talk a little bit about these whole, because we put a lot of systems in place. So you are working on a business, your team is in physical location. Obviously you collaborate together patients. So you basically take care of your clients and patients every single day. And there's a lot of activity going on. And so in some ways people would say, oh, But why do you need Slack, which is a really cool tool for team communication? Or why do you need a Trello for product management when you like in the practice together all day long, you have a practice management tool? Right. And it's so important because having all that is what allows you when you're in the flow with patients to be in the flow with patients and be present to that. Every team member, not just the doctor, but the front desk collecting or answering questions about co-pays or scheduling and the phone ring. But for a business to run, everybody has administrative duties. There's equipment maintenance. There's HIPAA policies. There's Medicare policies and billing and insurance and posting and taking care of the accounting of the patient's accounts, records correspondence, dealing with lawyers. So All of this needs to be done properly and it needs to be understood and it needs to be assigned to certain people. And some of that structure already existed, obviously. We wouldn't have made it this far, but it's important to be able to keep track of certain things. Or when you're really busy in the practice, like the rehab areas way in the back of the office, the front desk literally might need to tell the rehab person something very important, but it's not 
possible for them to get up and walk over there because there's two people in line to check out the front desk and one person on hold. I know you could say you could just text, but no, this is Slack is much more organized and you could like group people together. So you need to only tell certain parts of your team. So it really has helped with um, workflow and communication and keeping track of things. Sometimes there's certain things that need to be done that you could like forget a couple steps or forget a couple items. And it's just so easy to like, look at that. What was that again? Or even when I was recently hiring all the interviews to have a place to look, okay, these are all the interviews I have this week and what times they are. Things like that. Yeah. Communication and keep your fingers straight. Yeah. Email, right? Everything gets lost in email. I feel like. Yes, absolutely. It's just like little things. You could say this is not a little thing because I have a piece of equipment that's very expensive. It's $25,000, but you know, it needs to be clean. If it's not clean, the the internal parts break down. So for example, like having that as a weekly task for somebody to make sure that gets clean. And you would think that would be your top priority with such an expensive piece of equipment. But when the phone's ringing and you got to call this patient back and you got to write this report for the attorney and somebody else, they've got their own stuff, it can fall down to the bottom of the list. But when you have it like assigned as a task on your team assignments in your Trello board, or it could be done in Slack, it's okay. Now you don't have to like, which just think you have to tell somebody on the fly because it really should be cleaned once a week, but it could be six weeks go by. And it feels like it's been a week, but it's been six weeks because you've been so busy. So it's really important. Yeah, it's really cool. So I'm excited about where you're taking the business next. Me too. Uh, Because now there is capacity for growth. Mm -hmm. And really your team is really getting dialed in and having a lot of the building blocks in place and the financial engines in place to really be able to drive the growth. And I think this is just the beginning. I do too. I'm very excited. And I just want to say one other thing. I'll be getting ready for my trip to Europe because we worked out that I would be taking one weekend a month, one trip a quarter and one big trip a year. And I have done that so far in 2023 every month. And I'm about to do my two-week trip to Europe. I've never taken two weeks off of work for vacation in my life. 26 years in practice and never taken two weeks off. This is so exciting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And knowing that your team got it. Yeah, that's the best part. I'm not worried about what's going to happen. Like it would always be like a fear, not necessarily a distrust, but just not having the confidence that everything was going to be okay and that thing, big pieces were going to be dropped or missed. But I don't feel that way at all. And I'm very excited about my trip. And yeah, the, where are you going in Europe? I'm going to Prague, Berlin, Vienna, and the Austrian countryside in the Alps. Woo! Woo! This yeah. is amazing. Yeah. So really thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. It's been, I'm sure we'll continue working on for many years. And it's been a joy working with you, like just a joy. And Thank you so much for sharing your story. I think it's just so inspiring. And I hope it inspires those of you listening that feel like things are not moving fast enough and things are not happening fast enough to literally just do the one thing that you can do right now and then just build on that. There's a level of momentum that gets starts getting to create just from doing the one thing. 
And even if you can't do the 10 things that you need to do right now, do the one thing and keep building on that and you will get there. And so thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the 7 Figure Freedom Podcast. I hope this episode sparked a shift in perspective to help you amplify your impact, income, and freedom. Schedule a call with me today. You'll find the scheduling link in the show notes to take the first step towards gaining clarity on how to bring your vision to life with more ease. I'm looking forward to reconnecting with you next week for more insights, inspiration, and innovation. Check the show notes for additional resources.